this week we're going to talk about developing your relationship with prayer. Developing your relationship with prayer. Because I think what happens is we can have a lot of faith. We can know scripture. We can know what God is saying to us. Uh, we, we can develop faith. But then there's this, this prayer component that has to be there. And I feel like prayer is the sleeping giant in the field. That if we can awaken the giant, we can awaken the things that God has for us in our todays and our tomorrows that are laying in wait, and we just need to prayerfully come alongside him in what he's doing. Today we're going to talk about prayer. Now, I'm going to define prayer for you really quickly because some people are like, gosh, you know, it's, it's this big thing. There's a lot of scripture about it in the Bible. I'm going to simply define it as this. It's just a dialogue between God and his people. It's a dialogue between God and his people. That's what prayer is. I think we overcomplicate it sometimes and we make it too much of, you know, it's like it is, it is something that was given to us, but let's not overcomplicate it because it's a conversation. I just want to sit down and have a conversation with God and that's what prayer is. And so I thought today probably the best thing to do is sit down and just have a conversation uh, with someone that I admire, someone that inspires me, um, someone that does a great job in being prayerful and walking with prayer in front of them. Uh, in a second, I'm going to have her come up. But before we do so, um, Tiffany Bueller runs an organization called David's Tent International. David's Tent is probably one of the largest worship gatherings that you're going to see on the planet Earth today. Uh, they, I think last year, just two weeks ago, had close to 6,000 people that showed up for three days and 24 hours a day worship that's going on. And it's an incredible move that God is doing. Um, this happens to be in the UK. They're bringing it to the US for the first time. It's going to be in October, the 10th through the 13th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. And so we get an opportunity not only to hear from her today, they're part of our church family. And so it's just really special that we get an opportunity to hear from her. Could everybody do me a huge favor and welcome Tiffany Bueller to the stage by giving her an enormous round of applause. Morning, Tiff. How are you? I'm good. We're going to sit down and have a conversation, you and I. Awesome. Um, Love your shoes. Oh, man. See? <laughs> and this, I have to tell you about the socks. The socks are um, called like no-show socks or whatever. You guys, girls, you know anything about these? I'm a dad of seven daughters. My pet peeve is when I wear shoes like this, I don't want my socks showing. So for my birthday, my 46th birthday, my daughter bought me uh, two things. She bought me my own measuring uh, cups for the kitchen. This is good, right? You know my eating. Knowing you, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know my eating issues. So, um, yeah. So, I got my own. I got Now you guys are going to pay attention to my socks and my shoes. And so, I got my own measuring cups, and she bought me a, a pack of these no-show socks. And it was the best thing ever. My wife the other day was like, you, you do realize you look like a girl in those, sho in those socks. I'll never think of them the same again. But... It, <laughs> But what's a crack up is, is she was saying that to me as we were all heading out the door yesterday to get manicures and pedicures. <laughs> Next level. Next level parenting by me. I, get, I should get like dad of the year or something like that for that. But we're like all hanging out like, what should we do today? It's hot outside. Where's their AC? And they're like, let's get our nails done. And I was like, sure, let's go. So I got a pedicure for the first time. Ladies, you did, I didn't know it was so amazing. I got this big back massager chair going on my back and this lady rubbing my legs and my feet, orange peels on my legs. I was like, I don't know about the fruit on my legs, but this is, this is really cool. So you just, 
You just set my ADD into motion, Tiffany. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you I'll said something that. about my shoes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, we we've had the opportunity um, to sit down and chat and and get to know each other and and obviously love 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 what what it is that you are doing and your team is doing with David's tent. Um, today we're we're talking about prayer, but first. I want to give some history so people can kind of understand. You you aren't just like the person who founded it and is running it, but there's a history involved there and an impact. What in the world inspired you, out of all things, to start what I perceive to be not not the only, but one of the only, because I think there's multiple uh, things happening right now in the face of, of worship and just uh, in, in that genre, and I think is really cool. I think you would agree. Uh, but what in the world inspired you to start doing something like a David's tent? It's like the Woodstock of worship. People like tents and camp and they're like, don't shower. And this is bizarre. You look like a in very... Europe. Y- yeah, in Europe, in the middle of like, what What would you call that? I, rolling hills. Rolling with hills? Sheep. Okay. Mm-hmm. With, she- with sheep. With real sheep. Oh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I... I uh, two weeks ago, in face in the dirt, I was fully conscious that I was in a, fe- a sheep field. I was like, okay. You, you can smell it? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. smell what you're saying. <laughs> um, me and livestock don't get along. <laughs> I just, I have, a, I have a story I'll share with you at some point about a goat named Peanut. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't alive. I'll just say that. Oh, dear. Oh, mm. it's all good. What, what? <laughs> That was a horrible segue. What, no. <laughs> what, what, what in the world inspired you to start something um, like David's Tent? Mm. So um, I, I have just been passionate for worship for my whole uh, saved life. So when I was 21, I walked into a church. I was high on drugs, and I was watching the people around me on their faces or worshiping much as you guys were in here today. And I just remember thinking to myself, Whatever they're worshiping is real because you cannot love the air like that. Like you could see the love in people's expression of worship and that just really connected it for me. And, and, and from that point, I have just been so transformed in worship. And um, that's been my whole journey is just uh, encountering God from that very moment and every single moment afterwards in worship and seeing the life transformation from darkness to and drugs and all the rest of it come through this space of just connecting with God in worship that I just long to see places where people can meet and connect with God and know him in that way. So, so it was really, it sounds to me, it's really launched out of a place of passion in your life. We talked a handful of weeks ago, we're talking about discovering our gift and our passion, our yes. So this really sounds like it was launched out of a place of passion in your life because you were impacted and you saw transformation in this, in this space. Um, but what's interesting is, is, is my wife and I got to know you and your husband, Justin. We're hanging out. We're having dinner at your house. And as a musician, I'm thinking... These two are probably musicians and have a musical background. And because typically when you have a, a passion about something, it's probably in your background somewhere. And so you have this passion because you play music and I'm kind of waiting for this moment. And then, you know, I realize in conversation, neither one of you play music at all. You play iTunes really good. You play iTunes really 
anyone, anyone else with Tiffany on that? You know, so it's like, okay, so here's the crazy thing. You're, there is a gift that God gave you that I think was going to fuel that passion that I think did fuel that passion. What was the, what was the gift? If it wasn't music, what would you say the gift was that was fueling your passion? I really feel like intercession and prayer is definitely something that as I started to connect with the Lord, I started to understand that I wanted to talk to him all the time. And in that talking to him all the time, I I got to know his heart and I started to want to pray. How would you define, use this word intercession? I have a definition of it. I And I've used often here. I, I'm just, I'm curious, how would you, because I, I believe that to be true about you, just knowing you that just one of the gifts that you carry is you are disciplined and diligent about prayer. Like you're, you're one of those people that we say in Christian circles, like, well, Tiffany is a prayer warrior. Have you ever met someone like that? Like she's just, she's going to pray and she's going to keep pray and pray and pray and pray. And so when you use the word intercession though, what, what you define intercession for us to give us a bit of an understanding of what that is. I feel like the, the description that I would use is kind of standing in the gap, seeing a need and, recognizing that we have an authority to ask of the Father to, to meet that need. And so standing in the gap to pray and ask for it to be met or things to change and shift. Yeah. So in this case, you guys, uh, you know, a bit of your story was you, you started David's Tent in the UK. Yes. <laughs> Which you're not British. You're, you're American. 100%. 100% American. Okay, because we're going to celebrate 4th of July coming up. I just need to know <laughs> if we got independence. Or total. <laughs> we are trying to hire uh, Danny, who is British. And so my joke to him was like, how are we going to work out 4th of July, you and me? Because we are independent from you. And we are celebrating that as Americans right now. <laughs> it was super awkward to celebrate it as a family when we lived over there. We'd put off fireworks in the backyard and kind of look around and like. <laughs> <laughs> We're celebrating being not bound by you. But your response was, I'm going to stand in the gap for you. You know, here we are as Americans. I think we can get really flighty about who we are. We can come into cultures and kind of wear that on our sleeve a little bit. And here you are, you walk in with this passion, you walk in with this gift. Now you had some experience, you were doing some 24-hour worship stuff here in the States. You guys end up in London. Your husband's uh, work took him there to work for the, the um, Olympic, International Olympic Committee because of the London Olympics. Yep. And here you are, and you, you have this opportunity to start David's Tent, and you begin... So this, this idea of interceding, you see this as an opportunity to stand in the gap between where God is looking at his people, because God doesn't look at them, doesn't say they're British. He says, these are my people, right? Yes, exactly. Because okay, I, I don't know. Maybe God's like, is God, my God has, a, has an American accent, but their God must have a British accent. I think so. Yeah. Do we speak English or do they speak English? Uh, they would argue that they speak English and we speak American. Oh, learn something. Okay, so you're standing in the gap and you take on, so your lens, I think this is important, your lens to fuel your passion to see David's tent happen, your gift, our gifts are often our lens. Your lens was, I'm going to pray and, and I'm going to stand in the gap on behalf of a nation. 
because I know that God's going to show up the same way that he showed up for me in my life while I was high on drugs and I stepped in. When you did that, year one, year two, year three, what were some of the things that you guys began praying into that you began to see God answer those prayers? So we, yeah, it was a step-by-step-by-step journey of starting out very grassroots, just um, obviously fresh off the boat in in the UK. And like here, I don't know anyone. So I had to first pray for those connections. And then, you know, you have this, this dream in your heart and in your spirit to see something, but you know, praying for God to meet every single step of the way, it's like a huge faith journey. And we had to, I mean, it was everything from relationships to finances to the musicians to the land to all of those things. And we just, it was fueled 100% by, by prayer and intercession. Yeah, so as you're praying into these things, you, one of the things that's interesting about prayer if, if, if I'm having a conversation, like you and I are having this conversation and we're, we're kind of back and forth and we're making fun of my no-show socks and British, English, 4th of July, whatever. This is the, there's this conversation. I, I, I feel like sometimes our conversations with God are one-sided. Um, what were some of the things that God was doing in your heart to be able to hear what he wanted to do in the land, not what Tiffany wanted to do. Yeah. Well, because I mean, initially I didn't, I didn't see David's tent as a vision. I joined a team that they hired me first. So, um, and then I've taken the lead since then. So for me, it was really a, a journey of obedience. The Lord consistently saying, this is what I have for you. This is what I have planned. But he's consistently saying that that means that you you ha- you were employing a principle of letting him speak. Yes, absolutely. I had it in my spirit that we were there for a purpose, and I was waiting on him always for that purpose, and there were signs along the road, and I've learned how to pay attention to when he's speaking yeah. and like un- let him unpack it. Yeah. And d- d- Did you find in that unpacking that there was more to be unpacked than you originally had thought? Absolutely. We went to we went to the UK thinking we were only going to be there for two years. So we were doing the burns. We were doing um, the burns. Those are the twenty four, just the twenty four hour. Yes. Worship events. Yeah. 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 Kind of on a more small, smaller local scale. And then when things opened up and David's tent was knocking on my door, it was like, oh wow, this is a much different picture than we initially thought. So we even Justin and I, on a personal level, we had to pray into: Do we stay in this nation? And do we try to get him another job because the Olympics had finished just as David's tent was getting birthed? So it was very much a kind of an adventure finding out what was actually on God's heart for us while we were there. We just, we just went with a sense of purpose. He had to show us. Did, did you ever, did you ever, uh, I'm asking this, so any questions you hear me ask, it's because I'm guilty of probably doing these things just so you guys know. Uh, did you ever feel like you were praying, you're waiting to hear from God, you're having this conversation, so God's speaking into these things. Did you ever jump out ahead of God and say like, I'm praying, but really what I'm doing is getting in the car and I'm heading toward the destination that I want you to take me to? Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that doesn't work out so well, sometimes it does work out. Did you ever... Because it seems from the outside, it seems like it just, everything went perfect. 
So that's that's the thing. I'm looking at like where you are now. You just did your eighth year. Everything's just gone perfect. And and I think sometimes we we lose sight of the fact that not everything was perfect. So I'm really hoping you can please tell me that you jumped out ahead of God. I did. <laughs> okay. A lot. Even this year I've jumped out ahead of God. There's like again, it's a journey. And I think year upon year as David's tent has grown, we've had to learn how he speaks because ultimately we really want him a hundred percent at the forefront but we've had to learn how he's guiding us and sometimes that part of that learning process has been recognizing when we've made mistakes so thinking i've heard the lord stepping out and then going through that process of a little bit of the discipline that comes with that yeah and you guys had i mean just talk about the faith so last week we talked about faith marrying our faith to our prayers I and mean, you guys have tremendous faith so I mentioned this before, but when you do David Stent, you're eight years into it. You guys are at a point where you could have corporate sponsors. People probably have, a, I'm guessing people have approached you. Yeah, absolutely. And they want it because they want a piece of it. Yes. It's always funny when you start something, people are like, that's the dumbest thing. <laughs> like when you have a vision, can I, can I just, can I, this is a total side note. When God gives you a vision for something and you're praying into something, people won't see it the way you see it because God didn't speak to them. So people probably were like, you guys are going to do what? You're going to attend. Like it could rain. Like what are you going to do if it rain? Like the 101 questions about the 105 million things that could go wrong. And you guys are like, no, we're going to have faith. And so whenever you start becoming successful at something, that's when people are like, hey, I want to be part of that. And so I know people were knocking on the door and you guys have maintained, I feel like this integrity or I'll say this innocence and purity of saying, your, your mantra with David's 10 is, you know, we're doing this really because he is worthy. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't want to muddle that. Yeah. And, but that requires a lot of faith. And so you have to now walk in a way where you don't have corporate sponsors so you're praying into even the finances, the volunteers. I mean, what is it, to, to the point you can, what does it take to run an event? Let's say in the UK, you just did two weeks ago. How many people were there? 6,000 people. What does it take to run that? It takes 600 volunteers and a couple of staff throughout the year and about 750,000 pounds. That's $1 million. Okay, I want, hold on a second. I want this to sink in for you. Zero corporate sponsors. This th this is because this is the like I'm going to go to you, Father, in prayer, and I'm going to maintain a posture of faith. And it's not that it. I'm sure there had to be times where you feel like God, I'm barely hanging on here. You you are going to bring the resource, right? Definitely. There's been moments and years that Justin, I don't know where he's at. He can attest to the sleepless nights, but <laughs> the Lord shows up always at the last minute. And I actually have grown to love that journey. Like my faith for the finances is like, I just have peace now. Does it give you more? So when you see God move in these ways, does it give you, does it give you kind of notches in the belt or something you can put in your tool bag to say, I saw a success here and I saw a success. It, all of a sudden you start building a history. Absolutely. Do, do, do you end up going into your prayers with more faith because of that? A hundred percent. I think that for me, the, the, 
journey of my prayer life has always been remembering what God has done in the past as I apply that towards my ask for the future and not just for finances, because that's kind of a menial thing, really. But just always, even all the way down to our personal transformation. So... On a real practical note, you guys, uh, when we when when we're done here, um, we have made the decision to support David's tent um, as a church. We support them financially. We support them. A number of our people um, here in the church are working with you guys coming up in Del Mar and have stepped in, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you guys still need finances. Yes. Nothing's changed. No. <laughs> still there. And you still need people. Yes. Lots so, of people. I think you said like. 50 to 100 people? How many people do you guys still need? Yeah, we still need about 50. 50 stuff's right over there. She's our um, team builder coordinator. Okay, so about 50 people. So so here's the thing. Um, we're supporting them as a church. I want to. I really want to encourage you guys. One, attend. I actually, my wife and I and our seven children, this is crazy, got a trailer and are putting the trailer down at the Delmar Fairgrounds and camping there the entire time so that we can be there because we believe this is a move of God that he's been speaking over this region for a number of years and there's a history of things happening and and so we don't feel like David's tent is the thing but we feel like it's a major part of it and so we want to be there I want to hear the worship happening 24 hours a day for three days while I try to sleep I want to I want to get up and I want to stumble over in the middle of the night and sit and listen to worship and and have a conversation with God. It's going to be super fun. Um, I know that we have a team um, that's going to be leading worship with Danny. Uh, I think on Saturday night. Yep, Saturday night. Yep, at like six thirty or something like that. So you guys are going to want to be there. But more importantly, I'm just going to encourage you guys when we're done here and you walk out. Stop by and talk with you know the team from David's Tent. Um, support them financially. Sign up to volunteer, you guys. It's, yes. It's such. It, it really for me, and it's not something Tiffany didn't come to me and say, Pat, can we sit on on the platform with some cool um, movement coffee mugs and have a conversation? Um, you can get these mugs in the canvas. Um, they're upset me because I kept turning the font. So anyway. That satisfied someone's heart right now on our team. They're like, yes. I'm so ornery though. I turned the font. Okay. One of the best things we can do is show up, I think, and just and volunteer and help stand in the gap for people. So I would encourage you guys to do that. Now, in the midst of all this success, you guys just finished your eighth year, 6,000 people. I can't imagine. I'll be honest with you. Our, our budget here at the church is a little bit more than what it takes for you guys to run one event. And that, so that's a bit staggering to me. The fact that you guys see this happen, um, and you've seen it happen year over year. So I would say that there's been a phenomenal success organizationally with what you guys are doing. You have, you have worship leaders that travel internationally nationally and locally so it's really cool to see a blend of of all that so 
However, in the middle of this, tragedy strikes home. Can you share with us, in the middle of seeing success and seeing God answer these prayers, what happened? So um, we were in our fifth year, so 2016. Um, our eldest daughter, Hannah, who was 14 at the time, 18 now, um, was hit by a van as she was getting off a bus from school, and it was going 30 miles an hour. She um, was in a near-fatal accident, basically, and um, suffered a very significant head trauma, a catastrophic head trauma, as the neurologists um, described it. And she has been on a journey ever since. It was a couple of weeks in a coma, four months in the hospital in acute rehabilitation, and she still is in therapy now. And yeah, that was that was the start of a of a very traumatic and victorious journey. In the middle of all this, um, you've seen God answer so many of these prayers in your life, not just with David's tent, but you had built a history. But David's tent, was this, it's a glaring one that we can all look at and we can see the evidence of. Because uh, sometimes I think the history we build with God is very personal and it's not to be shared on public platforms, you know? But it was easy to see with David's tent. So this happens and you show up Getting the phone call, I can't. As a father, I just, I can't imagine what you and Justin were thinking and what was going through your hearts. Um, and you show up on the scene and you were describing what was happening and, and, and what took place. And the Lord began speaking to you. Um, can you, can you share that? So yeah, so I um, I arrived to where Hannah was at, and they were they were putting on her on life support at that stage, and um, I had to ride in the police car just ahead of her while she was in the ambulance behind me, and didn't know if she if we were going to make it to the hospital with her alive because she was meant to be life flighted, and um, I just remember in that car I'll never forget just the immediate um, voice of scripture in my spirit. He will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts him. And over and over and over for days on end, that scripture, that truth was ministered to my spirit. And I consistently looked to the Lord, consistently looked to the Lord. And I, I wouldn't allow myself, I would not, nobody could come near me that had any level of lack of faith. Like if they had a negative report, and they didn't have a testimony, they could not be in my space because I needed the truth. Yeah. Is it, that is crazy. Number one, the level of faith. Number two, that your first response is you're sitting in the police car, literally at the scene. You're going to go before your daughter. She's in the ambulance behind you. And you immediately start having a conversation with God. Yeah. And what's crazy is is that conversations can look a lot of different ways. I think conversations sometimes can be short and sweet and to the point. Sometimes they can be long and drawn out. Sometimes they can be intense, right? Sometimes they can be very emotion-filled. In the midst of everything, it seems like there's this level of peace that you were carrying because of all of the yeses and all of the all of the noes because sometimes our prayers 
getting those as well. But all of God's conversations with you, you're in this moment, and you bring up this peace, and it reminds me in Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. And it's in every situation. It's not in some situations. That this morning, some of you are hearing this, some people are watching online, you're watching from other countries, and it's something to realize that it's not just in a situation in your life, maybe like Hannah but in every situation. That God's, the byproduct of this is in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. How do you have thanksgiving in the middle of a situation like this? You have thanksgiving because you can thank God for all of the testimonies of your, of your past answers to prayer. So was there part of what you were sitting, that seat you're sitting in, this sounds really strange to ask this, but were you at, was there any part of your heart that it was, thank you God, for all of these answered prayers that so today I can sit in this police car mm -hmm. and I can say this. Absolutely. Um, I think that because we'd seen so many answers to prayer that already my faith was starting from that, that platform or that level of victory in our lives. And so I was fully confident that God was going to intervene. I knew that he would. And that was the conversation I started with him, that you're going you're gonna to make this right. You're going to intervene because I know you and I know how good you are. And I've seen your track record with me. So thank you that she made it through the moment that she's on life support now. Thank you that she's alive. Thank you. You know, just a daily thanks, a daily thanks for every second of actually sustaining us in the process, even though it looked terrifying. I think what I want to ask is, and I don't, I don't know how else to ask it. Um, did you, you had all these yeses, but was there ever doubt? I don't know. I feel like I must have had a gift of faith in that moment. I think I definitely, you know, when when the doctor comes in and he says to you. Um, by the second week that she's in her coma and you know we have no idea what's happening i'm just like i'm there i'm holding the line i'm going to contend i'm standing in victory i'm declaring victory i'm singing over her i'm worshiping over her and the doctor comes in and he says it was like he kind of pulled the rug underneath me and he's like um we've just read her mri and all we can tell you is that she's going to wake up but her injury is so close to vegetable that that's the next stage and it's a good thing she's going to wake so up. So the prognosis is essentially your daughter is never going to speak. She's never going to walk. Yeah. Um, that the state that you see her in right now is probably. Yeah. They, they said they just didn't know what could, would be the outcome. It's different for every head injury. So, but this is what could be the effect of what happens to her. What did you begin doing in that moment? I just said no. We, I mean, we literally hit the floor on our knees. Danny was actually with us. We hit the floor and we just we just contended and we grabbed we grabbed a nurse that was walking by. She had I had all of these amazing stories where people would just stop me. I, I mean, the guy who's cleaning the floors, I'd walk by and he with her and he would say she's going to be well and then he'd carry on with his cleaning. And then I had somebody just before I went into the prognosis, she stopped me. I, she was like cleaning, doing supplies or something right next to the bed. She stands up, she grabs my hand, and she says the great physician will heal her, and then walks away. <laughs> So that lady walked by just as we got the prognosis, and I grabbed her out of the hall. I said, get in here. You said the great physician will heal her. You pray with <laughs> you're us You're like, now. yeah, you're on the spot now, yeah. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful what you say. Okay. 
So you, so there's these moments the doctors are like, okay, listen, this is what we're going to have to do. And then you would just, as I, as I recall, you would just say, other people's doubt became your declaration. Yeah, absolutely. Every time they said, she's not going to smile or she's probably not going to walk or she's going to have spasticity or she may not have an awareness, I turned every single one of those things into a victory declaration and prayer over her life. And so far we've seen the victory. Yeah. So Hannah is how old now? She's 18. 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Just graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. How's she doing? She's amazing. She's absolutely 100% a miracle. She's a walking, she's not here right now. She'll be in the next service, but she's a walking, talking, singing, learning on her own miracle. Um, it hasn't been a immediate answered prayer journey. It's been a journey of learning how to contend every single day. I think that's important. I want you to say that again. I want you to repeat that again. It, it hasn't been. It hasn't been a immediate miracle journey. It's a journey of learning how to contend every single day and be thankful for the small victories and then celebrate the big victories. In the midst of all of it, you guys were not just praying on your own, but you were surrounded by staff at the hospital, um, friends and family from obviously home, organizationally, people that knew you guys from David's tent. In these moments of feeling like you're barely hanging on, um, you and I were talking about just Jesus. And in the midst of him and his life, how he becomes our intercession. And can you share a little bit of just I guess the the radiance of seeing Jesus step into the situation um, and step into what it was that you were walking through. What what was there a moment when you were like, God, why aren't you showing up? Mm. And and He responded to you. What was that? What was that like? Yeah. So I my relationship with the Lord had been you know just one one to one as a friend um and still is of course uh but just the the reality of who he is and his presence and his nearness and his goodness was so evident on a day-to-day -day and an increasing measure in the midst of that difficult difficult journey i think there were definitely times that i you know i wondered wh why did this happen but i also could feel at every turn that he was turning that he was turning all things for good and not only was he turning all things for good that he was supplying our every need so our occupational therapist in the hospital told us a couple days in she's the one that was in charge of all of Hannah's rehabilitation for the the four months that she was there she came to me privately and just said I was at David's tent and I know who you are and uh, so we just had little Little things like that consistently across uh, the whole journey where it was like so evident that the Lord was with us and he was caring for us and he was looking after us. We would have consistent um, scriptures emailed to us, phone calls. I mean, just, you know, finances, people bringing us food, taking care of our dog. It was just so evident 
the goodness and the care of the Lord in that season that even though I felt so, we felt so terrified and, and traumatized and afraid, we also knew we were surrounded and, and, and that brought like an incredible peace that, I mean, was, was absolutely the strength. You said something before. Um, you said at one point you were, you were contending and you're asking like Jesus, if you would just walk into the room. Yeah, I had, I mean, there was a lot of time when she's in a coma to have conversations with Jesus. And uh, there were points where I would just walk up and down the hallway and I would just say, Lord, I know you're going to heal her. I know that she's going to walk out of that bed. And if you would just walk in the room, I know who you are. I know how good you are. I know that she would just walk out of the bed. And he just said to me, he said, we're going to do this together. You're going to walk in that room with me. And you're going to begin to pray for her. And so I did. I, I took that as like every single thing that we needed for her, I was going to contend for. So from every moment where the doctors had, you know, I, I mean, it was like I had to walk into a war zone in the, in the NICU. I'd like wash my hands at like, you have like five stations you have to wash your hands at. And by the time I got to the doors, I'd be like, I'm pulling up my boots of faith right now. I'm pulling up these boots of faith. I know what the truth is. I'm not going to look at the doctors. I'm walking straight to her bed, and I'm going to begin to pray over her feet, and I'm going to pray over her throat, and I'm going to pray over every aspect of her body and her mind that they said is not going to function. Yeah, I think, I think there's something so good in that was, I think oftentimes we ask, we're praying, and we say to God, God, if you would just show up. And when you said that, I just thought, I think sometimes in our lives, God is saying, I am, I'm showing up. I, I sent you the occupational therapist. I'm sending you the emails. And more importantly, I've placed this on your heart because I want you to show up. I want you to walk into the room because you carry who I am. And there's something powerful about that that, you know, when God began to speak to you about that. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to just pray. And number one, um, some of you, I just feel like the, the combination of having, having the faith to pray. Now, I think we talked about faith, but having the faith to pray. I felt like, um, I felt like God wanted this morning to just really pour out um, a deeper measure, a deeper dose, a higher amount of faith to pray and to have these conversations with God. Um, I'm going to have Joby um, come out on the keys. I don't know where he's at. He's probably listening intently, waiting for me to say something. Um, I'm going to have him come out and just play the keys. And what I want to what I want to do is I'm going to have Tiffany. I didn't tell you this beforehand. We didn't talk about this. Actually, we didn't talk about any of this really beforehand, which was really fun, because I wanted the conversation to be a conversation. Because you don't rehearse your conversations with God, and so I, her and I, we equally we just we didn't want to rehearse. So we just wanted to have a have a talk, have a chat. Um, and so, as someone as someone finds Joby to play keys, 
Um, I'm actually going to have Tiffany pray. Um, two things. Number one, if you have something in your life, if you have a mountain in your life, if you have something going on in your life that you've been praying into and you feel like you haven't seen that breakthrough and it can be something traumatic, it could be something that you know God wants to give you. It's a, it's a business idea. It's, it's a relational thing. I don't know what it is. But I know that every one of us carry these things. And I, I just felt personally like Tiffany carries something. And it would be awesome, which I could pray, and that would be cool. But I just I, I want to honor the anointing that I think God has put on your life to, to be able to, um, the word is I want to say is in part, to be able to place and say, God, whatever measure of this that I have, that I've walked in in my life, whatever the success is, um, Lord, I, just, I want you to bless these people. And if, if you're in this room this morning, and number one, you want a higher level of faith to pray, to have these conversations, or two, you're going through something, um, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Amen. I'm going to have the ministry team come down and just come to the front and just be prepared, please. Um, and the ministry team is here just to pray with you. That simply, to stand in the gap with you, the way that you heard Tiffany talk about standing in the gap for a nation. And now we're sitting in the U.S. and we're going to stand in the gap for our nation as we embark on this worship festival that's going to happen in October. And we're going to stand in the gap for you personally. And so if you need prayer this morning, uh, specifically about something, beyond Tiffany praying over us right now, I'm going to ask that you come forward and to not be shy. The Father never, ever rejects a conversation with his kids. Ever. I may get frustrated with my Father, but he is never frustrated with me. And so I would ask that you come forward. And so I'm going to ask for Tiff, if she can, just to, just to pray over us, if you would do that for us. Father, we just thank you for your incredible, beautiful love. We thank you, Lord, that you set us so free with your love, Lord, that there's no condemnation, Lord, but we are transformed by your love. We are transformed by your grace. We are transformed by your goodness. Lord, I just want to ask, Father, that there would be a gift of faith released across this room today, Lord. I thank you, Father, for every heart that has stood up for every heart that has said, I want to I wanna go into the room with you, Jesus. I want to go into my situation with you. I want to intercede together with you. I want to have your heart for my circumstance. Father, I pray that you would also 
speak. I thank you that you long to speak to us always, that you're always speaking. I pray, Father, that people in this room would hear more clearly than they've ever heard before. Father, that you would bring recall to all the moments that you have been so present in our everyday life. That you would remind us of where you were in this situation and where you were when we thought you weren't there. That you would show us how you've always been faithful. You've always been there. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are always with us and that you take us from strength to strength and glory to glory and victory to victory and faith to faith. Father, I just declare over every situation in this room the victory of the finished work of the cross, the finished work of the cross that we would hold on to faith and we would pray from that place of faith. Father, for those who are called to intercede, in situations for nations. Father, I ask that you would release that heart over them. Lord, I thank you for an awakening. Just believe there is an awakening for those of you that are called to prayer and to intercession. He's just going gonna to capture your heart. You're going to even leave here today with a desire to pray more for other people, for people in your workplace, people in your family people in your community, for nations. There's going to be nations dropped into people's hearts. Lord, I thank you for that gift of intercession. I thank you for that gift of prayer. Father, we love you and we honor you. And we just say to, to you be all of the glory. To you be all of the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen.